What's going on everyone and welcome back to the CHB Podcast. Today we've got a really, really good episode to be bringing you guys. Pretty much in today's episode, what I actually wanted to be talking about is my official 2021 NBA free agency predictions where I think, you know, some of the best players in free agencies, whether they're stars, role players, etc., you know, will potentially land... Of course, I'm extremely interested to see how this free agency is un- you know, folded again. We got a-, a lot of things to talk about too. You know, again, I wanted to really talk about that. Another thing I want to be talking about is actually a five mock trades that could potentially be happening this season as well. Again, these mock trades have been really suggested all around, so I thought I would, you know, get into them in this episode as well and kind of see what's potentially, of course, happening right there. And again, the thing that I wanted to talk about right now before we get into all of that stuff is, of course, the Kemba Walker versus Al Horford trade. I actually uh, suggested this trade a couple of weeks ago. Uh, For those of you who didn't know, I was absolutely excited when this trade happened because I was finally like, yeah, you know, I predicted a trade. It hasn't happened in quite a long time because no matter how much you think a certain trade will happen, something always backfires, something always changes. And of course, it just doesn't happen the way you thought it would. But I actually said, you know, this Kemba Walker, Al Horford situation, I thought it would potentially happen. You know, Kemba Walker, uh, he hasn't been great for none of the Boston Celtics. They've been really looking to get rid of him, bring in a playmaker and bring in a center. Of course, they managed to bring in uh, the former Boston Celtics center in Al Horford, who basically he and his family even requested a trade to, you know, Boston after his family was kind of, you know, talking a bunch of stuff on Twitter about how much they didn't want him in Philadelphia before, how they liked it better in Boston. And when he got traded to OKC, they stayed pretty quiet, but they still kind of, you know, were tweeting about how much they wanted him to be a Boston Celtic again, and yeah, I guess that, you know, wish kind of came true, he's now a Boston Celtics player, and he had really great chemistry with like Jason Tatum, etc., so I'm really excited to see how that will all unfold, and then of course, Kemba Walker, I think back on, or not back on, but rather now for OKC, being back to like the previous form that he potentially was, I I think will be a, a really, really, you know, cool thing. So, of course, I'll probably, you know, be talking about maybe this whole Kemba Walker, you know, trade to the Oklahoma City Thunder, you know, later as well. So, definitely stay tuned for that. But again, of course, I do really want to talk about all these, you know, mock trades and my free agency predictions. So, I guess without further ado, let's get straight into it. Today, I'm going to be talking about my official 2021 NBA free agency predictions, pretty much starting off from, you know, the worst play, well, not the worst, but of course, you know, not the all-star, more of like the role-player type guys, to of course, obviously, the stars like Kawhi Leonard, Chris Paul, etc. So, I guess without further ado, let's get started off with uh, the first player. I think I'll actually have, you know, Lou Williams. I think Lou Williams, there's only real two options on what he's going to do. I believe he will either retire uh, he, as he's mentioned before, it looks like he really was looking to potentially retire. If he got traded, of course, he decided to give the Hawks another chance. And I think that's paying off. Look how good they're doing in the playoffs. But, hey, I think what will happen is, I think just because he is, of course, you know, he's played in Atlanta before. I believe he actually really liked Atlanta, and that's why he decided to give it, you know, another go. I think he'll actually re-sign with the Atlanta Hawks. I don't think he'll retire. I think he'll play one more season. Again, at the time making this video, the Hawks are still in the playoffs. They're currently playing the Sixers in game six. So, I, I don't even know what's going to be potentially happening there. But hey, I think Lou Williams will potentially race on. Of course, he's had a very, very good playoff, you know, series for them. Like, if Trey Young was struggling, Lou Williams would come in and help out and add some extra scoring. And seriously, I feel like this guy just doesn't miss. Like, Lou Williams is such an accurate shot creator, it's absolutely insane, and the fact is he's 34 years of age, which is really crazy, you know, to think about, that even in this season, look, he didn't have as good as a season as last year, where he averaged 18 points, but this year on limited minutes, still 11 points, 3 assists on 40% from 3, pretty decent stats if you ask me, alright, moving on now, we've got Derek Rose, I think this is a pretty obvious one, I also think he'll be re- uh, re-signing with the New York Knicks, Although, I do think it will be a little bit of a late re-signing, because we do know New York are really looking to, 
you know, expand their free agency. You know, they're really trying to get two stars. I believe they said it's one through signing and one through trade, so they'll probably sign DeMar DeRozan and go out and try and trade for, like, a Damian Lillard or a Carl Anthony Towns. Something, you know, like that will probably happen. And I think this is the first time in a while the New York Knicks have actually been, like, inclined to go out there and sign some free agents. So, again, that's really cool by them. But I think Derrick Rose will be kind of put in the shadows because, again, they'll be looking to sign all these other dudes. They'll probably forget about Derrick Rose and he'll kind of be a last priority considering they hope and expect him to potentially come back. I think he will re-sign with the New York Knicks, but that's not saying, you know, that he won't go out and test the value. I definitely think he'll test his value, you know, potentially on other teams. Of course, some other teams include the Los Angeles Lakers. That's a pretty obvious one. I think he'll Definitely look to go there, especially considering Dennis Schroeder, we all know, will potentially be leaving the Lakers. I don't think he'll re-sign. I think it'd be an absolute miracle to kind of see, uh, of course, Dennis Schroeder re-sign. He doesn't like it there. He never wants to go there. He even took Lakers out of his bio. And so did Kyle Kuzma, funnily enough. But hey, I don't think, I don't know if Kyle Kuzma's put it back in, but I know Schroeder for sure hasn't. He's not going to be coming back to the Lakers, so they kind of need that scorer slash a backup point guard off the bench. I think Derek Rose would be cool, but I think the Lakers need to focus on primarily getting uh, a playmaker in. I don't think you can be worrying necessarily about a scorer, as I don't think it really worked with Dennis Schroeder, you know, very well at all. I think if you were looking to get a scorer, you'd probably look at getting like a DeMar Rosen type of guy over a Derek Rose, because that backup point guard... It just didn't really work that great for the team when they had Schroeder taking the ball off LeBron or, you know, Caruso got less time with the ball. I think they need that playmaking defender in, like, Rondo. So, again, I don't think Derrick Rose will necessarily go to the Lakers, but I'm saying they'll be interested, and I think he'll definitely test his market to potentially go to a team, you know, like them. But, hey, as I said, I do think he will be re-signing with the New York Knicks, so... I don't think it's exactly too much of an issue, especially if you're you're a New York Knicks fan and you're looking at uh, you know looking at it from like a New York Knicks, of course, type of standpoint. When we look at number six now, you know, on this or, or, or number three rather on the, on the list that I've kind of said right now, we actually have Alonzo Ball. I believe you know I've heard a lot of people say different locations where Alonzo Ball will go to. I've heard a lot of you guys comment the New York Knicks. I've heard a lot of you guys say Golden State will be interested. I've heard Boston, Chicago, maybe even OKC, uh, even Miami, Charlotte. He could go team up with his brother, Lamelo Ball. I don't think any of these is happening. First of all, before I get into the teams that I want to talk about, I don't think he will be going to the Charlotte Hornets to team up with Lamelo Ball. I think even though they're really you know, close, and him and LaMelo Ball would be kind of cool together, it just wouldn't work, they're basically the exact same player, except LaMelo Ball is so much better, like, I mean, it's not even funny how much better LaMelo Ball is, he's a way better scorer, I think he'll be a better defender in the long run, Uh, he's a better playmaker, I think he'll be a, I don't know if he'll be a better leader, Um, better rebound, he's better at literally everything except for, like, defense and probably leadership, right now, but I think he'll overtake in leadership potentially, and that defense, I think, will come for him, so again, both those players, you can't have the same two big playmakers on the team uh, together, I don't think it works, I think Rozier and Lamello work really well, because one's a shot creator and one's a playmaker, so I really like that, you know, by the Charlotte Hornets, but then when we look at Lonzo Ball, again, I'm ruling out the Charlotte Hornets, I don't think he'll go there, but where I think the most favorite option for him to go to I think we'll be with the Chicago Bulls. I think they would be the most perfect team to get Lonzo Ball. And you might be like, well, they already have Kobe White. They've already got a point guard. Why would they go out and get another point guard? That's the thing. Kobe White should not be the starting point guard for this team. If you have watched the Chicago Bulls play, you would know he would. He probably looks to be like a high scorer type of dude off the bench. And I think, yeah, what will eventually happen is he'll be move to the bench, he'll still score the same amount, probably get the same amount of assists and rebounds, and, you know, 36% from three that he's been doing, but I just think he'll come off the bench and be the backup point guard slash shooting guard, and this team really needs some defense, like, there is no defense whatsoever, you got 
Kobe White, Markin and Vuc- uh, Vucevic and Levain all in the starting five. None of them are good defenders at all. The best out of all four of them would probably be Kobe White. And he's not renowned to be a good defender. Again, you've got Patrick Williams who's a good defender on that starting five. But you need another dude. I think they'll let Larry Markinen go. And then, of course, they'll bring a defensive power forward or just a power forward. That's a two-way. Everyone knows that. They'll probably do that. But then I think what they do is they desperately need a playmaker. Like, Zach Levine's leading an assist. Kobe White is not as good of a playmaker as what everyone you know, claims to be. You know, that he is. I don't think he is at all. I think if you bring in Lonzo Ball, you fix two things. Defense and playmaking, which you both don't have. You bring in a really nice defender and a really nice playmaker who will not take shots away from Zach Levine and Vucevic. If you keep Kobe White in the starting lineup, he will take shots away from Levine uh, and Vucevic, which I don't think you necessarily want. They should be your primary, you know, two players that will be shooting quite a bit. Um, then you'll obviously have Williams as like a more catch and shoot do- dude, and I think you'll have a two-way power forward. I think I just think Lonzo would be so much better in the starting five, but I also believe that Lonzo Ball could potentially be looking at the Boston Celtics, where I think he would also be a really, really good match for that team. I could definitely see him having a pretty good career with Boston as well, as they've already got enough shot creators. Now that they've gotten rid of Campbell Walker, they do have one less shot creator, so now they just got Jalen Brown and Tatum, but those two are like some of the biggest shot creators in the league, so you can't be taking shots away from them, so I think getting Lonzo Ball puts the ball in his hands, but he's not going to take shots away from them, he's just going to be a really good playmaker and defender and only score when he needs to, I think that's the way, and then of course you got Fournier, a catch and shoot dude in there as well, Marcus Smart who will probably come off the bench, not going to take shots away from anyone, Peyton Pritchard, who will come in and be a shot creator, I think, off the bench. And even Jabari Parker as well. But they're probably not going to be taking much shots off Tatum or Brown either. And then Horford comes, you know, in the team too. and can be a really nice role player. So, yeah. It makes the most amount of sense, I think, for Lonzo to go to the Bulls. But I think the Celtics would be a really good second option for him. Now, next up, we have Norman Power. I think he will re-sign with the Portland Trailblazers unless they decide to blow up the team, if they decide to, of course, trade away Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, which, hey, could potentially, you know, happen eventually, who even knows, I think, um, he will most likely resign though, but if they do decide to blow it up, I think the Knicks will be his top option, just because, of course, he would want to go there, uh, you know, because they're a contending team, and they will have salary cap, but if they've gotten rid of all their salary cap and brought in a couple of stars and whatnot, he probably won't be able to go there, but the team that's been really interested in him, which I think would be great for him, is of course the New Orleans Pelicans, who are really in the market to get a shooter on the team. Because if we look at their starting five, you had Budsaw at point guard, Lonzo Ball at shooting guard, Brandon Ingram at small forward, Zion Williamson at power forward, and of course, you know, Stephen Adams at center. No one there is really, like, a legitimate catch-and-shoot dude. Like, Brandon Ingram is, of course, a catch-and-shoot dude, but he's more of, like, that shot creator type of guy. While Lonzo Ball is a playmaker, and Eric Bledsoe, I'd say, is also, like, a shot creator. His catch-and-shoot isn't great. He's only 34% from three. Zion Williamson is not a catch-and-shoot player. Neither is Steven Adams. They had no shooting. So, basically, two ways to fix this. Of course, you trade Steven Adams away, etc., etc. I think they bring in Miles Turner... He adds some shooting while keeping some defense and can space the floor and let Zion, of course, you know, have that more spacing. While, of course, I think you try and bring back Lonzo, even though I think he will potentially leave to Chicago. You let Bledsoe walk, uh, and then you bring in Norman Powell. So let's just say they somehow do bring back Lonzo. I I don't think he will come back, but let's just say they do. Lonzo at point guard, Powell at shooting guard, Brandon Ingram at small forward. Zion at power forward and Turner at center. That team is so much better shooting. You know, Norman Powell is a lethal shooter at that shooting arm position. And Miles Turner is a 40 billion time better shooter than what Steven Adams is at that center position. The team spacing gets a lot more better. Plus, I think you can go out and maybe bring some shooters to come off the bench, you know, as well. Like, I think you go out and draft like a Corey Kispert type of dude who is a lethal shooter in the draft that will probably go at like pick 11 or pick 12 or something like that, which is about the pick they have. I believe they've got like pick 8, so you probably reach to get him. 
But again, you pretty much go from like no shooters in this team whatsoever to bring in Norman Powell. Uh, Miles Turner is a good shooter at the center position, maybe like a Corey Kisper, etc. So that's why I think I think Norman Powell would be good for the Pelicans and improves their team so much. Number four, pretty standard, Evan Fournier. He'll re-sign with the Celtics. There's not really too much to talk about with this one. I can't see him leaving. I think that it's too promising. You, how can you turn down to play with, you know, Steve... Uh, um, not Stephen Adams, rather. Um, <laughs> El Horford, Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, etc. All of these nice role players. How can you turn... You know, or Stars, rather. How can you turn down, you know, playing with them? That just doesn't happen at all. They just need to get a point guard, and I think the Celtics team would be set. So again, Fournier will re-sign with them. Number three, Otto Porter Jr., who is currently playing, or number six, rather, or whatever. He's currently playing for the Orlando Magic, I believe. He will definitely leave. He's coming off a $28 million contract. I don't think he would necessarily be looking for the bag exactly too much. But where I think he'll probably go is, I think, maybe the Golden State Warriors. Like, they have been extremely interested in him. So I could definitely see, you know, them potentially going out and getting him. I think he adds some nice shooting off the bench. Another backup forward, which they don't really have. Another veteran type dude, who I think would just be really nice for them. So it's not really too much to get into. But again, I do think he would be pretty cool to see on the team. Now, moving on now, we've got John Collins. I think he'll re-sign with the Hawks. Of course, he wants that max contract. They probably don't want to give him that max contract, but I still think he'll find a way to, of course, potentially be back on this team. I can't see a way where he's not. Um, Again, the only team, there's a couple of teams, you know, again, I think the Cavs could try and offer a deal, especially if they got rid of Kevin Love. He'd be really nice for them. But the only team that I think has, like, heaps of cap that will be desperate to try and get him will, I think, be OKC. They really need a power forward, I think, you know, for this team. And they have a lot of salary cap now. Again, SGA and Kemba Walker. That's a really nice duo that I'm so excited to watch this season. Lou Dorr at that, you know, small forward as well. Of course, their power forward is, Dar- you know, Darius Baisley. But he's very, very raw. And even though I think he had a really, really good season, in my opinion, he's probably his future will be coming off the bench. I don't think he'll be scoring 14 points per game next season, you know, if they were to get, you know, like a John Collins, like and keep SGA fit and healthy, Kemba Walker, etc. And whoever they draft and draft, they will, you know, have a lot of those type of uh, players that will have a lot more usage rates then I think Baisley will have. So I think Baisley's usage rate might go down a little bit, which means, I don't know, he might still average similar numbers, but I think he'll probably be best to come, you know, off the bench. And those numbers probably weren't like that when SGA was healthy. I believe he was only averaging like 11 points when he was playing with SGA. So again, if you bring in a player like John Collins, who's really, really young for this team, I don't see why you wouldn't do that. And then I think, you know, leading on to kind of my next guy now, is actually Jarrett Allen. Now, again, the reason why I'm kind of transitioning from John Collins to Jarrett Allen is because I do believe Jarrett Allen will stay. But like John Collins, I think OKC will offer him a deal, and I think they'll try and get both of them to the team. Because if they can do this, they will have the best young core probably in the NBA, and they will definitely push for playoffs. And they have the cap. Like, if we look at it right now, the only player taking money off this team is, like, Kemba Walker's, 33 million or whatever, and SGA is probably, what, 7 million or something, 6 million, I don't think he's on that much, then you got Lou Dort, who's basically on the minimum, I believe, like, he's not on much, Baisley, similar, Ty Jerome, uh, Tio Maladin, Mike Muscala, uh, Isaiah Roby, none of those dudes are making more than 3 million, I believe, Darius Miller will be a free engine as well, he was on 7 million, they probably will have, like, you know, 60 million to use, in this free agency, and then I think what they'll do is they'll offer John Collins a max contract, which he will gladly accept, and he will become an OKC player. And then I think they'll offer they will try and overpay to get Jarrett Allen, where they'll offer him about twenty to twenty-five million a year, which is reported that teams will offer him. And if you're the Cavs, do you accept that? I think you do, just because look, twenty Jarrett Allen's probably not worth twenty million. He's done nothing to really prove it. 
but he could be like a $20 million worth type of player. For all we know, this dude, a lot of people have been saying this for a long time. He's probably, I don't know if he's a top 10 centi yet. I'd say he's probably like leaning into that. Like he's definitely better than players like Steven Adams and that now. But is there potential for him to still be a top five center? I definitely feel like there is. Again, he is improving his scoring game and rebounding. I think if he gets more consistent next year, we could see him averaging like 14 points, maybe like 13 rebounds a game, which is really, really good stats. And then plus being one of the best rim protectors in the league. Whether he's doing that, I hope he's doing that on the Cavs, because I'm a Cavs fan, for those of you who didn't know. But let's just say OKC overpay to get him, and the Cavs just don't match him. Could you imagine that team that the Thunder will be pulling together? They would literally have like a team that looks like Kemba Walker at point guard, who I think will get back to old form now, being a number like a number two shot creator on his team. SGA at shooting guard, who will push to be an all-star. Lou Dor at small forward, who's a great defender. You know, John Collins at power forward. Jarrett Allen maybe at center. Well, off the bench, you'd have like Ty Jerome, T.O. Maladin, Darius Baisley, uh, Mike Muscala, and whoever they go out and draft. Again, this is a, a really interesting team. They can somehow make this all work. But who even knows what's going to be happening when it does come to that. Moving on now, we've got Kali Oubre. I think Kali Oubre re-signs with the Golden State Warriors. I don't know really where else he's going to go. I know he didn't really fit in with the Warriors, but I think he needs to accept that. That's probably going to be his role in the future is playing like that Andre Iguodala role, uh, which just makes a lot of sense for him. So I think he'll accept the role maybe, but he probably still knows if he gets in the right system, he was like on a road to maybe being like a fringe all-star when he was playing for Phoenix. Like people forget how good his season was with Phoenix. They were literally coming back in the bubble they were one of the best teams in the whole entire, you know, kind of bubble-type area. Like, they won literally every game. And I believe Kali Ubre, like, before the bubble, I can't remember what he did in the bubble, but I know before, he was starting to average, like, 20 points per game and was looking like a literal threat. He was one of the best two-way players in the league. Will he get back to, like, that form of being, like, a near all-star type of player where he averages, like, 20 points per game and being one of the best two-way players in the league? I guess we'll have to kind of wait and see. Like, though, that season was incredible for him. If the Suns kept him, I think they would be uh, even better than what they are right now, which is crazy to think about. Where he goes, I'm not exactly too sure. I, I still think he'll probably maybe look to re-sign with Golden State, but a part inside of me also thinks that he wants more than that. And if there's a team out there looking for a small four that will let him do what he wants to do, he will probably go there. With the number 10, I've actually got Tim Hardaway. And I've actually got Tim Hardaway re-signing with the Dallas Mavericks. I know there has been a little bit of interest, you know, from New York and the Miami Heat at various stages of the season. You know, New York dropped off a little bit. Apparently, Miami are still very much, uh, you know, there. But considering he had an exceptional, you know, elite playoffs with... Luka Doncic, especially in the, you know, the first round, obviously, with, uh, of course, against the Clippers, it was really, really insane for him. I don't expect to see him leaving at all. I think that they're really interested in looking to trade away Kristaps, which means they'll have so much cap. Like, other than Luka, they don't really have guaranteed money to any player, so Tim Hardaway's probably going to get a, a lot of money from the Dallas Mavericks, and again... He'll most likely re-sign there. Of course, as I just said, the Miami Heat uh, will be there. They will be waiting. They will most likely offer up a contract. So I do think they desperately need a scorer off the bench. I just think it's pretty obvious that, yeah, the Dallas Mavericks will most likely be the favorites to, of course, sign him. Now, moving on to Dennis Schroeder. This has been a player that a lot of people have been talking about. And in my opinion, I can say this as it, I you know, see it. I do not think Dennis Schroeder is re-signing with the Lakers. I think that, you know, the people who are saying he'll most likely re-sign are obviously hopeful, you know, Lakers fans or uh, some Dennis Schroeder fans that potentially think that that's the perfect fit. Of course, in my opinion, I don't think it's the perfect fit. I think he's made it quite vocal. He does not want to be on the Lakers. Before he got traded, there was rumored he said that he wanted to go to a smaller market team and that he just wanted to play on small market teams throughout his career. Of course, that's why he signed with OKC, you know, in the first place. 
of course, he looked like he has barely tried with the Lakers throughout the season. He had terrible playoffs. He knocked back a huge extension. He does not want to stay with the Lakers, and that's putting it quite simply. A team that has picked up a lot of traction real recently is actually the Phoenix Suns. And some people might be like, well, why would he go to the Phoenix Suns? Are they going to have enough cap to kind of make this work? And the reason a lot of people are saying the Phoenix Suns could be the team, and I've actually got them as the team I think could be the favorites to get him right now is because it looked like Dennis Schroeder really, really enjoyed being the sixth man on OKC and actually playing behind Chris Paul. It seemed like they had a great connection, a huge bond, and that there is even potentially some interest from Phoenix uh, that they might even potentially want to sign Dennis Schroeder. And I think Considering they haven't had a super big scorer off the bench throughout the whole entire season, of course, campaign turned into an absolute god somehow against the Lakers. I don't expect that to be consistent. I still think they need a scorer off the bench. You know, I, I think everyone can agree. Campaign's probably not going to do this for much longer. I think Dennis Schroeder would be absolutely perfect. And this team has tried a lot of real small ball lineups under Monty Williams. You know, having Jay Crowder at power forward, Mikel Bridges at small forward. None of these guys are really, you know, tall or above average height for their positions. They're all, you know, e either pretty average or kind of playing small ball. We've seen Dara Saric even play some small ball center here and there as well. I think, how awesome would it be? Like, I mean, no team is probably going to be stopping Dennis Schroeder, Chris Paul, and Devin Booker. Could you imagine those three on the court together? Considering we saw SGA, Schroeder, and Paul work out absolutely insanely, I definitely think that Booker and Schroeder and Paul could work out really, really well as well. So I think they'll go for it. The other team I could actually see, which I no one's actually talking about, which is really bizarre to me, is the Indiana Pacers. The reason I think the Pacers could actually be interested in Schroeder and could potentially get him is because it's reported that Lakers are very interested in Miles Turner. Of course, if Miles Turner does get traded to the Lakers, it'd probably be maybe a sign and trade, you know, player would get traded, which I could see Schroeder getting traded for Miles Turner. I think Schroeder would love it in Indiana. He can go back to his six-man position, which I think he does want to play, and I think he knows that's his best spot. I feel like the only reason he wanted to start in the Lakers was to piss them off because... His Lakers run was just a disaster. And then again, Indiana are a small market team. So again, I've got pretty much Dennis Schroeder. I think at the time, I probably got him right now going to Phoenix. And I think Indiana could be a possibility. Unfortunately, the thing is with Dennis Schroeder, there haven't been exactly too many teams that have been interested in him at the time of making this video. Now, moving on to a more easy one with the number eight spot I have is Larry Markinen. This is pretty obvious. I think he's going to sign with the Dallas Mavericks. They have been very highly interested in him, and it was a rumor he actually spoke to people around him, and a close source did actually say that he is very much set on joining the Dallas Mavericks in free agency, and there is no way the Chicago Bulls are going to, you know, match the offer, because Vucevic and Markinen, it just doesn't work. It was never going to work, and I think they know this. So I think them bringing in Vucevic was pretty much the see you later, I guess, to... Larry Markkinen, so that's pretty obvious. I think I think Larry Markkinen is definitely one of the big favourites to go to a you know team that's kind of almost set in stone now. I think yeah, if Larry Markkinen's not back at the Bulls, he'll be playing for the Dallas Mavericks next season. Moving on to number seven now, we got Goran Dragic, and I actually I think it will come down to what Miami do. If of course Miami accept his team option. He'll be staying in Miami unless it was, a, you know, a sign and trade, which I don't think it'd be. There have been rumors they are looking to accept this team option and sign him to a, an extension. I don't know, though, because that team option is actually about $19 million, which is absolutely ridiculous. So, in my opinion, I actually think they're probably going to decline that. And I kind of sound like a broken record here, but the team I think Goran Dragic might sign with is actually the Dallas Mavericks. Again, this is the third player in this video that I've got you know, going at Dallas. You've got Tim Hardaway re-signing. Larry Markkinen has been very interested in going there. And it's been rumored that Goran Dragic has been interested in going to Dallas for the last couple seasons. And for those of you who didn't know this, a couple of years ago before he actually got Jimmy Butler, there was reported there was a confirmed trade where Dragic was going to the Mavericks, but the trade fell through on the last second. Not just that, there's a lot of European players on this Dallas Mavericks team, and it f I've heard somewhere, you know, I think some of us have heard this as well, that, of course, Goran Dragic reportedly has a close bond 
to Luka Doncic, I could seriously see this happening. And I promise, guys, this is the last player I talk about going to the Mavericks for the rest of this video, most likely. But again, I think that, yeah, Goran Dragic, Larry Markkinen will both be two additions to the Dallas Mavericks team, plus Tim Hardaway potentially re-signing. Number six now, Victor Oladipo. I have him re-signing with the Miami Heat. It's been very evident for a long time. He has been absolutely trying to force his way into the Miami Heat for so long. We, of course, know this. He has been wanting to play there for quite a while. Uh, he basically requested a trade from Houston when he looked like he was going to leave Indiana. It was reported that he really wanted to go to Miami. Again, the only way I can see him not being back in Miami is if he's asking for too much and they just say, hey, you're not worth that. You haven't proven anything to our team. We're not going to bring you back. Of course, there is always a scenario that happens. What team Victor Oladipo would go to, I'd be absolutely oblivious. I've got no idea. I guess he'd look to go to a contender like the Lakers or Bucks and somehow get a sign-and-trade deal done. But I'm not even going to go to the makings on how that would work with cap space because I think he's re-signing with the Heat, to put it quite simply. I don't think he has a backup plan at all at the time of making this video. Number five, I do have DeMar DeRozan. This is a real interesting one as well. I don't think he's going to be staying at San Antonio, although there is a team out there right now that is on the east side, which has been very rumored that DeMar really wants to go play for an eastern side team, and that's the New York Knicks. The New York Knicks have a lot of cap. It's reported they're going to be trying to get two stars in this free agency, one through trade and one through signature. I think they'll offer DeMar DeRozan a near-max contract, and I think he will accept that. He gets to go back and play in the East, where it's highly reported that he wants to go. He goes to a team that is contending, where he, you know, can keep up his defense. You know, Tom Thibodeau very much values defense. And, of course, Tom Thibodeau does have that mid-range, you know, in his coaching scheme, which DeMar DeRozan very much is good at. Of course, when DeMar does try on defense, he is usually pretty decent. When not, he can be a bit inconsistent. But, hey, I think the New York Knicks would actually be a very, very nice fit. And I think a lot of people can see this one coming. It's been rumored that the Knicks have also been interested in him for quite a while. And, again, he wants to go to an, uh, you know, Eastern team. So, yeah, I, in my opinion, that's probably what's going to happen. Number four, Kyle Lowry. I don't think he's going to be re-signed with the Toronto Raptors. I'm super surprised they didn't trade him on the trade deadline. I don't know. I think he expected he was going to get traded, and it was kind of weird that he, of course, didn't. I don't know. Maybe they just couldn't get a trade-off in time, but I think I, I think he knows it's probably time for him to move on from the Raptors right now. It's been very, very reported that the Sixers are interested in him and that he very much wants to play for the Sixers. I don't care how much cap issues the Sixers are in right now. They will find a way to get Kyle Lowry to the team. Now, I guess how this could kind of work is, of course, Danny Green is on about $15 million. You know, that is expiring. I believe Seth Curry was on $9 million. That is expiring. I think Danny Green will go on a, you know, simple, like, $2, $3 million contract. Not exactly that much. I think he knows he's a veteran now. He doesn't need the money. He'll probably re-sign very cheap. You know, which will leave about $12 million. I think Seth Curry will probably sign on something similar. Of course, he's definitely worth a lot more, but when you're playing on a contending team like this, I think he'll know to, of course, take a pay cut. And then again, the Sixers, they will have Mike Scott, who will be expiring as well, who's on about, I think, $5 million. Look, they're probably going to have, like, a $20 million sign-and-trade type thing they can probably work out. Look, Kyle Lowry, I think he knows that for this all to work out money situations, he's probably going to need to take a pay cut. But I think because he wants to go to Philly reportedly that much, which I believe is where he's actually from, I can't believe, I can't remember if he's from Pittsburgh or Philly, but I know it is Pennsylvania and I think he does, you know, of course, want to go there. He's been interested in him. They've been interested in him. It, it will be interesting to see. I think he'll take a pay cut to get there. And then, wow, a team like, you know, you'd have Lowry, a point guard, Seth Curry, a shooting guard, small forward would be Tobias Harris, power forward, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid at center. You'd have Danny Green coming off your bench, who's still a really nice role player, Shake Milton, so many other players. They'll probably bring back Dwight Howard. If the Sixers don't win the championship this year, because at the time making this video, they are in the second round against the Hawks, then they'll be a big, you know, team to potentially try and win it, of course, next year. Now, at number three, we have Mike Conley. 
Now, I've actually got Mike Conley re-signing with the Utah Jazz. I think that's pretty obvious. I think they desperately need to keep him. He had a really nice season. I don't think he'll really regress uh, from this point because his defense was elite and he's always been a good defender. He just needed to find that consistency back. Um, again, he is a very nice and capable, efficient scorer when it does come to it. And he's a great leader. So he'll be back with this Utah Jazz team. I don't think he'll be on $30 million a year. I think possibly on a $25 million per year deal. I think they'll make it their priority to probably, you know, keep him there. Unless they want to play Donovan Mitchell at point guard next season, which I just don't think Mitchell's a good enough playmaker to be able to, you know, potentially do anything like that. So I can't really see, you know, a situation where that happens. I just think, yeah, Mike Conley will get back. The only issue is Utah Jazz, who recently uh, overpaid, of course, a couple of their players quite a bit. Very, very recently, especially Rudy Gobert, who's on like, I think, 40 plus million a year. You don't want to make that same mistake with Mike Conley. I don't think Mike Conley deserves more than 30 to 35 million a year. That would be absolutely outrageous. I think he should be on 25 million. Uh, he should know to maybe take a pay cut this time of his career, especially if he wants to contend with this Utah Jazz team. So it'd be pretty silly for him, I think, to go on more than 25 mil. But with how this Utah Jazz has overpaid some teams very, very recently, look, uh, who even knows? It could possibly happen. Number two, we do have Chris Paul. This one's a really, really hard one because at the time making this video, they're in the playoffs right now. They're in the second round. I can't remember who they're playing. I think it's Utah. I, I don't even know. But whoever they're playing... I think they'll do pretty well against, of course, at the time making this video. A game hasn't been played yet. But Chris Paul broke news when he declined his player option. I don't even know. It was like a $44 million player option. It was reports that he will be declining that, which is crazy. A lot of people are saying he's going to leave the Phoenix Suns, but uh, I just can't see it. I think he'll re-sign with Phoenix. I think this team is too good for him to leave. Considering, you know, they'll be able to have Devin Booker on the max. I think Paul will obviously go on a very, very convincing max contract. Some people are saying there's no way a team signs him for more than $30 million. Let me tell you this right now. Chris Paul's contract will probably surprise a lot of people. And it will probably be a $40 million per year deal. And the reason I'm saying this is because if Phoenix don't offer it to him, another team will. Chris Paul is that valuable to, you know, an NBA team. He can literally take a you know, trash team to the playoffs. He is one of the most underrated players in the NBA for so long. Chris Paul is one of my favorite players in the NBA. I think he's really, really good. Everything he does, there's not really too much of a flaw in his game. He's a great player. But here's the thing. If he, you know, if Phoenix don't offer him $40 million a year, another team will. And he could literally go to, like, the Bulls or something and have a similar situation where he'd be playing with, like, Zach Levine, um, instead of, like, Devin Booker. But, of course, he'd have more of an offensive center. A couple of things will, of course, be different. But I think he'll stay. I think he'll get the deal done. It will probably be about 38 to $40 million a year. Some people who are saying $30 million, I'm telling you right now, it will be more. I'm pretty sure at least. Devin Booker will continue to be on the max. I think DeAndre Ayton will get re-signed to a near-max contract, if not a max contract. And then Mikael Bridges will probably get about $15 million or so a year. And then I think they will... I think they will really go and have a look to go on a sign and trade and maybe get a player like Dennis Schroeder to add some scoring off the bench. I think Darius Saric, who's on about $10 million per year, he'll probably get traded. And I think this year, considering they didn't bring in too many veteran players, I could really see a lot of veterans coming to this team now. I'm talking about players like Trevor Ariza, etc. You know, not necessarily Trevor Ariza. But role players like him, like maybe an Andre Iguodala, these older veteran type role players, I think Phoenix will start to get a lot more of them very, very soon. Now, moving on to the number one, the one that everyone's been waiting for, Kawhi Leonard. Will he go to the Warriors? Will he go to the Knicks? Will he go to the Heat? I have him staying with the Clippers. <laughs> I'm sorry to, you know, kind of hype it all up, but I think Kawhi Leonard will 100, well, not 100%, but 99%. He'll stay with the Clippers. He moved to California for a reason. He didn't choose the Clippers, you know, because they were, like, uh, such a great team to play for. You know, even Clippers fans will probably agree on that. Yes, they had a cool season, but Clippers have been known to sometimes be a disaster for a long time. He chose them because they were his LA team. They were a California team, and it made sense for him to go there. 
not just that, he convinced the team to go out and get Paul George, and they traded away an arm and a leg to literally get Paul George, which is crazy, but they got him. I don't think he'd leave them, especially after all they've done for him and after the, you know, loyalty they've given him because they have tried their hardest to actually make this team good. They just haven't, they've just had some bad luck here and there. I guess what you can say is at the time of making this video, they're going to game seven. They're still in the playoffs and the Lakers aren't. Who knows? I guess we'll find out. I think it's tomorrow that they'll beat either the Mavericks or they'll lose to the Mavericks. But when this video comes out, they will probably either be in the second round or they'll be eliminated. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Uh, but again, it will be very, very interesting. I think the most likely team to get Kawhi, though, is probably the Warriors, just because they're a California-based team. But the Heat, I don't think so. And the New York Knicks, everyone's been suggesting New York. I don't understand. Why would he Why would he go to New York? He is he's the type of dude that really, really hates the spotlight. The only reason he's in LA is because that's where he's from. I don't think he likes the spotlight at all, and I think in New York, he'd get a lot of that. So I just can't see it happening. In Miami, does Kawhi look like the type of dude to party till four in the morning uh, in Miami? I don't think so. That's not who Kawhi Leonard is. I just can't see it happening at all. But again, I, I do think the New York Knicks is not going to happen. The Heat are not going to happen. The Golden State Warriors, probably not going to happen. But if there's anyone who'll go to, it'd probably be the Warriors. But I do have Kawhi Leonard re-signing with the Los Angeles Clippers. I saw this post actually... It come out very recently by an Instagram page called Fadeaway World, which I'm sure some of you guys would have heard of by now. They've got about 35,000 followers, which is absolutely insane. Congratulations, you know, to them. They are the inspiration for this video. Hopefully, I'll remember to link them in the description down below. If not, just search up their tag at Fadeaway World. But they've actually come up with a post that says five rumor blockbuster trades that could happen this summer. Now, I'm going to, of course, be talking about the plays in this trade, how much I think it fits for this, you know, team, uh, and what is the likeliness of this deal, you know, potentially getting done. First of all, we'll start off with, of course, number five, which actually is Kristaps Porzingis to the Charlotte Hornets. Basically, the Charlotte Hornets would receive Kristaps Porzingis, and the Dallas Mavericks would receive PJ Washington, Malik Monk, Jalen McDaniels, and a 2022 first-round pick, which it doesn't say it's protected on here, but hey, it definitely would be protected in real life. There's no way they're giving up that much for a dude that was pretty bad in the playoffs, but I think this trade would be elite for both sides, but it depends which Kristaps Porzingis are we getting out of here. Can Kristaps finally get healthy and be the rim protector that he was about a season ago? If so, this is an elite trade for the Charlotte Hornets because if they can get him to be in that rim protector that he was about a year or two ago, he would be perfect for them. They desperately need a rim protector, a tall center that can help out and get some boards. Uh, spacing's not really too much of an issue. I think if they were to get him, they'd probably tell him, hey, stick to how you played at the Knicks where you would often shoot more of the mid-range than the three and then, of course, help protect you know, the rim, uh, the box, all of that type of stuff. I think that would be great for the Charlotte Hornets. But if they're not, then I probably wouldn't do this deal, as I think you need to get more of a genuine center. And I think that center for them would be, of course, Andre Drummond, who I think would make so much sense for this team. Because Drummond, the only thing he can really do is get rebounds. And on the Lakers, he hasn't been able to get rebounds. He has to compete with, of course, you know, LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Uh, and even Marcus Gasol has been getting some boards here. Again, he has to compete with so many players. But on the Charlotte Hornets, no one's going to take away his boards. He'd just be able to get boards. You know, be that old traditional center that I know he can be. And then, of course, I think we'd start to see those Detroit Piston-type days of Andre Drummond, where he'd actually be really good just based off, you know, rebounds. Again, he was a really, really good rebounder on that team. And no one was out-competing him, really, to get boards. And he'd literally outboard two players in a different team. If the Hornets can get that, they should get Drummond. But if not, uh, Porzingis would be cool. It's just, I can't see this happening in terms of, I don't know if he'll ever get back to that point. But hey, if you're the Mavericks, you do this deal every day. Because that is a really nice package. Jalen McDaniels probably won't be much. And the protected first round pick probably won't be much either. Because again, the Hornets, there's a chance they probably will be keeping that. 
But what's really cool out of this deal is P.J. Washington and Malik Monk. Malik Monk can be uh, another scorer off the bench if, of course, Tim Hardaway leaves. He'll probably take that Tim Hardaway position. Uh, and then I think P.J. Washington fits into this lineup superbly. He would come in and be really good. Another catch-and-shoot player to put around Luka, who's not the worst perimeter defender or anything like that. I think he would be really, really nice for this team. And again, you can just do those catch-and-shoot shots from Luka, of course, this season. He actually had a really, really underrated season. He's only 22 years of age. Uh, average about 13 points per game, 6.5 rebounds, on about 38% from three. So, again, if you're the Dallas Mavericks, you'd, of course, be looking to make a deal very, very similar to this. And Malik Monk, who kind of got his job back towards the end of the season, started to average about 11.7 points per game, 40% from three. I think you wouldn't even be that mad to leave Tim Hardaway go, because I know this would be a sign-trade deal, because I believe Monk's a free agent. But hey, if Tim Hardaway wanted to leave, and you can get a player like Malik Monk, who I'm not saying he's better than Tim Hardaway, but I'm saying his ceiling could be what Tim Hardaway is right now, um, which, who knows, he's about 23, I believe. Uh, he's heading into his prime very, very soon. I think he'd be able to do similar to what Tim Hardaway does if he can get you know his career back on track, and you can get him for very cheap. Leave, let Tim Hardaway go and use that cap elsewhere. That would be a pretty cool move. So I think the Dallas Mavericks would 100% win this deal if this was to, of course, happen. Number four, Russell Westbrook gets traded to the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat receive Russell Westbrook, and the uh, Wizards receive Goran Dragic, Kenrick Nunn, Tyler Hero, and Jose Acapella. Oh my god, that is a very, that is a lot to trade for a dude like Russell Westbrook. Look, again, I could say this depends on what Russell Westbrook you get, and you get in the Rockets, Russell Westbrook, where they were literally better without him when he didn't play in the playoffs, or we get in the Wizards, Russell Westbrook, that wasn't a great shooter, but hey, was able to manage to leave, uh, lead rather the Wizards team somehow to the playoffs. So, it does make a lot of sense. Which one are you getting? But... I wouldn't do this if I was the Miami Heat. I think you need to keep the ball in Jimmy Butler's hands mainly. I think Russell Westbrook kind of takes away from that a little bit. Um, but also, I don't think the Wizards will trade him. I think he's pretty comfortable right now in Washington. I think they'll give him and Beal another season together. They'll go out and try and bring in a center. I know I've said it before, but like Andre Drummond. Uh, and they'll keep trying to build this team. They'll go back into the draft. Uh, they'll probably go out and sign some free agents here and there. There's a lot to work on if you're a Washington Wizards fan, but I think they'll be able to do it. But if you're a Wizards fan and Westbrook doesn't want to be there, if you can get Goran Dragic, Nunn, Tyler Hero, and Jose Acapella on your team, you do it every day of the week because whether or not, I know Tyler Hero didn't have a great season, he's still extremely young. He's like 21 years of age, and by the time he gets to 24, he could be a very good player in this league. Goran Dragic could just be a nice bench player. They'd probably trade him because if you trade Westbrook away, it's probably done for Beal. He'll probably end up leaving. Uh, but again, Kendrick Nunn, Tyler Hero would be very cool. And I know there's a little rumor going around that OZ Agapala is reportedly uh, on the watch list of a lot of teams. Because apparently there's a lot of teams out there that think he could potentially explode uh, one day and be like a Michael Porter Jr. type of guy. Uh, so again, if I was a, a young team rebuilding right now, who knows, like OKC or the Cleveland Cavaliers, I would look to try and trade him, but hey, him to the Washington Wizards would be kind of cool too. They need a small forward anyway, so he'd kind of, I guess, go into that little package and maybe be a nice addition. The number three that we have is Carl Anthony Towns to the Golden State Warriors. The Warriors would receive Carl Anthony Towns. Okay, pretty standard. They don't get anything else from the Timberwolves. I thought maybe the Timberwolves going to maybe chuck something in here on this mock trade. But the Timberwolves will receive James Wiseman, Eric Pascal, John Poole, Alan Smalik, uh, 2021 Minnesota Timberwolves pick, if I decide, of course, 1-3 range, because it is 1-3 protected. So probably like pick 6, 2021 first round pick, uh, which I believe is pick 14, 2023 first round pick, and a 2022 second round pick. If you're the Timberwolves and Cat requests a trade, you're also doing this every day of the week. Uh, because again, James Wiseman, he has a lot of potential in this league. I know he didn't have a great first year, but hey, I still think he'd be really cool. Plus, they've been in search for a power forward for a very, very long time. Eric Pascal finally becomes that guy. And then, of course, you get pick six back, uh, which, who knows? 
Uh, it could even be like pick four or something. But hey, they could try and get like a Jalen Suggs out of that pick. You get Alan Smalek in and John Poole and a bunch of first rounds in the future. And then you got a starting five, which will probably look like, let's just say, Jalen Suggs at point guard, Anthony Edwards at shooting guard, uh, John Poole at small forward. They'd probably rotate, so it'd probably be like Poole at shooting guard, Edwards at small forward, then Pascal at power forward, and then James Wiseman. Uh, at center, and then off the bench, they could have a, a pretty interesting team. That was a very fun and young team to watch. That could be a very good team in the future. And if you're the Golden State Warriors, you 100% win this trade as well. It's a win-win for both teams. The Warriors bring in another, you know, all-star caliber dude that can absolutely show up every single night. And again, him and Andrew Wiggins have played together before. They know how to play, and the Warriors love to run small ball. They don't need a small. They don't need a big team. James Wiseman, I never thought made sense for this team. I always thought they should have drafted, of course, you know, who even knows? Lamelo Ball, obviously. I'm not even going to joke, of course. We all know it's Lamelo Ball. It's not even who even knows anymore. It's Lamelo Ball. They should have drafted him, but they didn't. They drafted James Wiseman, as said, who doesn't work for the team. They need to go back to that small ball system. But if you go with Carl Anthony Towns, he's not small ball. He's about six foot eleven, I believe. But he kind of fits into that, like, how a small ball center type of players nowadays. You know, you see a lot of those small ball centers are able to shoot threes or make plays or be a nice shot creator. A lot of them can do it. You look at, uh, you know, some other players here and there. Tristan Thompson can't shoot threes, but can be a nice scorer for you every now and then. Um, and again, Bam Adebayo, who can't really shoot threes, but can be a very nice shot creator on the mid-range. I feel like Highlands and Towns would probably play a role like that, just with more threes. So that'd be cool for them. Then, of course, you'd have a team that looks like, uh, you know, Steph Curry at point guard, Clay Thompson at shooting guard, um, Andrew Wiggins, sorry, at small forward, uh, potentially Draymond Green, of course, at that powerful position, then Carl Anthony Towns at that center position. No one's stopping that team. That team's winning the championship, I would think, for sure. And that's how the Warriors can get back into that, of course, dynasty. Uh, and then, again, Carl Anthony Towns, 25 points per game. 10.6 rebounds, 4.5 assists on 39% from three. If you add that into this Golden State Warriors team, it will be undefeatable. I think he'd probably go down to about 21 points per game on this team. But hey, you've got Steph Curry, averaging 30. If you get healthy Clay Thompson back, you might be able to get 20 to 25. Andrew Wiggins will get you 18. Uh, Draymond Green will probably get you like 10 assists. And then, of course, Kyle Anthony Towns will come in and give you like 21 points. That is a team. That is a team you don't want to mess with. Like, being legitimately serious right now, that'd be one of the best teams in the NBA. I'm not even going to lie. And then when we look at the next one, number two, Bradley Beal to the New York Knicks. Okay, so this is kind of, you know, falling into the same Washington Wizards category where he's not going to get traded. Westbrook's not going to get traded. Beal's not going to get traded. They're going to give it another season. Unlike the previous one where I said this is a win-win for the Warriors and Timberwolves. This is a lose for the Knicks on this mock, tra uh, mock trade. Rather. The Knicks would receive, of course, Bradley Beal, but according to this, we'd have to give up RJ Barrett, Frank Nellikina, Obi Toppin, Emmanuel Quickly, 2021 first-round pick, and a 2023 first-round pick. So you'd basically be trading RJ Barrett away, a potential future All-Star, and will be probably your third option next season behind a newly acquired All-Star and Julius Randle. Two first-round picks, including one this year. Your future six-man in Emmanuel quickly. Your future, you know, potential backup power forward in Obi Toppin. And, of course, we're not even going to mention Frank Nilekina. But they're not going to trade that away for a dude like Bradley Beal. Now, hey, if you take out RJ Barrett and add another first-round pick into it, I think that's a more fair trade. And I think that's a trade that the Wizards can maybe even settle on. But I still don't think the Wizards do it. The Wizards don't need another power forward. Obi Toppin would be cool and all, but they've already got, like, Rui Hachimura, uh, you know, Davis Bertans. Why would they need another power forward? They'd probably go out and do some other stuff here and there. So this is a, yeah, this is a lose to really both teams, especially the Knicks, because there's no way they're trading away RJ Barrett. But if you're the Wizards, if you can get RJ Barrett in, even if you've got enough power forwards, you probably still do it. Because, again, Obi Toppin, whatever, is just a complimentary piece at this point, because RJ Barrett can be a future all-star for your team. So that is a very interesting one to maybe see. Now, last but not least, this is the worst trade on here. Number one, Damian Lillard to the Los Angeles Lakers. All right, cool. 
Lakers received Damian Lillard. That's a good player. You know, <laughs> to put it simply, one of the best players in the league. That's cool and all. But the Trailblazers would receive KCP, Talon Horton Tucker, Alex Caruso, Kyle Kuzma, and Montrezl Harrell. What the hell are the Lakers supposed to do with role players like Caruso, KCP, when they've got no stars to put those role players around? What do you do? What and what they would get? And first of all, the Trailblazers, if they were going to trade Damian Lillard, they'd ask for like four first-round picks and a bunch of young players. But in this mock trade, they're going to get Talon Horton Tucker, who's a good young player, don't get me wrong. But Kyle Kuzma and Montrez Harrell, oh my... Oh, don't even get me started. Both of those players are terrible. Montrez Harrell is overrated, in my opinion. I've said this for a long time. And if you say to me, hey, Montrez Harrell is not overrated, you're being stupid. Well, clearly I'm not, because he didn't even get played in the playoffs, I don't think. And Kyle Kuzma was a brick in the playoffs. He was shooting brick upon bricks. KCP wasn't great, but Alex Caruso will be a very wanted free agent. And that's another thing. He's a free agent. He's not going to do a sign and trade if he gets traded to the Trailblazers. There are going to be teams that will be out there getting him. I know the Cleveland Cavaliers are looking to get him to play some backup. You know, the Cavs are looking promising next year. They're going to try and get some role players in to build around this young core that they have. And, of course, they're going back to the draft. Why wouldn't Alex Caruso go to a team like... A young team like Cleveland or, you know, even the Knicks or someone like that who are building towards something that have a good young core and are just needing the role players and stuff to make the finishing touches. Why would he want to go to the Trailblazers that are about to blow everything up on a sign and trade? I don't know. I don't like that at all. It may be considered on the Trailblazers that they still had Lillard, but in this case and scenario, he's getting traded for Damian Lillard. While again, KCP is he's best suited around a star. He's not going to be any good to you if you've got no one. We saw this with J.R. Smith in his last season with the Cavs where he was terrible because his star was an 18-year-old, 19-year-old Colin Sexton. Don't get me wrong. None of this makes sense. But I do really like the Golden State Warriors trade. That was the best one by far. The Charlotte one wasn't bad either. The other three were just, eh. Doesn't really make sense for any of these teams to kind of do any of this. But hey, it is going to be very interesting to see how this, of course, unfolds. Uh, don't forget to leave a like and subscribe to the channel. Uh, comment in the comment section down below. What are your thoughts and opinions? Uh, do you guys think any of these trades will happen? If so, what trades would you modify? Again, shout out to Bleacher Report for putting together this thing. Uh, some of these trades when of course, theirs. I don't believe. I believe they got these from uh, some other places. Um, but again, it is really interesting. Uh, I really highly recommend you go check out their Instagram account, which I'll hopefully remember to link in the description down below. Today, I've got some very, very surprising... NBA news to be talking about with you guys. Some, literally some news that just happened like a second ago. I quickly got out of bed because if you didn't know, I actually live in Australia. So right now it's actually 12 o'clock at night. So <laughs> I had to get out of bed, make this video. But for those of you who haven't seen, Kemba Walker has officially been traded to the Oklahoma City Thunder, and Al Horford has been traded to the Boston Celtics. This is a huge deal, and a trade that I actually called a little bit ago. I made a Kemba Walker video a couple of weeks ago, and for those of you who haven't seen it, I did actually call this as there were reports saying that, you know, Al Horford was, of course, going to be getting traded. He sat out the rest of the season, and that his family really wanted him to go back to Boston, of course, I believe it's his sister's been tweeting about it like non-stop uh, about how much she loved Boston and all of this type of stuff for Al Horford and he's now just been traded back there and of course, if you didn't know, this is all being reported by Woj, the GOAT. So again, this is really, really fantastic news. I think for both sides, the Celtics uh, traded away Kemba Walker, pick number 16 and a 2025 second round pick. Well, Oklahoma uh, traded away Al Horford, Moses Brown, and a 2023 second-round pick. So, I think the reason this is a win-win for both teams is because the Celtics, they don't need that 16th overall pick. They already have a bunch of players that they've drafted recently, like Romeo Langford, uh, you know, Naismith. None of these players are getting, like, big minutes. And I think they'll look to trade a couple of these players to bring in some more, you know, veteran uh, type of players to come in and help Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown because right now it's just a little bit of a, a weird situation there where their team's still pretty young and I think 
where they are and where they need to be contending. They probably need to go a little bit older and get these veterans in. So, of course, that 16th overall pick didn't really matter. You know, Kemba Walker, he was just making the team worse. Like, he was taking shots away from Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. So, getting him you know, off the team was, I think, a good idea. And, of course, the 2025 second-round pick, that's literally nothing. Well, of course, OKC did really well in this trade because they basically traded away Al Horford, who wasn't even playing on their team anymore. Uh, a 2023 second-round pick, and unfortunately for them, a young center who was actually pretty good towards the end of the season in Moses Brown, but were able to get a 16th overall pick where they can use to, of course, go and draft a nice young player to the team. And now, of course, they bring in Kemba Walker, who I think could have a very big bounce back year. And the reason I'm saying this is because I think he'll come in to this OKC team. He won't be the number one option, most likely. SGA will probably be the number one option. But again, he'll be the number two option where his usage rate, which will be so much higher. And I could see him actually getting back to some of that Charlotte Hornets form that, of course, he did have a little bit ago. But, you know, again, on the Boston Celtics, he had a lot of injuries and he had to play behind... Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown as they, you know, were the main shot creators. Even, you know, Gordon Haywood for a little bit was a... I wouldn't say he was a big shot creator. Of course, I'd still say Kemba, you know, had more of the shot creating opportunities than what Gordon Haywood did. But again, you know, even this year, he just didn't get as much as the ball as I think he should be getting. I don't see Kemba being like a third, you know, star on the team uh, in terms of him not having the ball, I could see him being like a third star on the team and playing behind like, you know, an Anthony Davis where he would have the ball more than maybe like AD, but of course AD would be, of course, more effective, like how he kind of is on the Lakers right now. But it is really interesting to see now that I think Kemba could potentially get back some of that old Charlotte Hornets form, which means that if he does, we could potentially be seeing that kind of Chris Paul you know, retold story in OKC where they kind of revived, of course, Chris Paul's career. And now I think they could maybe revive Kemba Walker's career and they'll probably look to, of course, maybe trade him. And again, before I get into more of this Boston Celtics side of, you know, thing, I think what this opens up as well is, is not only bringing in Kemba Walker, I think a good thing, you bring in the number 16th overall pick, which will be good for them. But I believe this, you know, gives players... Uh, more of an inclined to actually join them in free agency. I think a lot of players were nervous on joining OKC because they might get traded in the future. Uh, again, I definitely think that was the reason why they probably weren't going to be going out and getting free agency this offseason. They'd, off they didn't really go out and get any last offseason. Of course, a lot of their players left, like Dennis Schroeder basically requested a trade. You know, a couple of role players like Nerlens and Noel, of course, all, you know, eventually left. But now, players like John Collins and the one who I'm afraid could actually get a big offer from them in Jarrett Allen could actually join them. Now, if you guys didn't know, I'm a huge Cleveland Cavaliers fan. So if they were able to offer Jarrett Allen a contract, I would be so unhappy because I know OKC have a lot of money and they will probably look to overpay to get a dude like Jarrett Allen. And I know there's rumors there are teams looking to offer 20, 20, uh, 20 to $25 million dollars per season, and I could see OKC actually offering him that, which means the Cavs would have to match it and probably have to overpay him, which would kind of suck, but hey, if OKC got Jarrett Allen now, their team would be starting to look really, really insane, like Kemba Walker, he'll probably go back to his old form, SGA at shooting guard, small forward, he got Luke Dort, power forward, he probably got Pokusheski, or maybe they will sign another free agent, then at center, they'd have like Jarrett Allen, Plus a bunch of cool young guys off the bench. They might not make the playoffs, but I think they would contend for it and actually be a pretty fun team to maybe watch. But of course, I think the Cavs would definitely match, you know, Jarrett Allen. But they are in the markets now to get a center. If they can't get a center, I think they'll offer John Collins a deal. And the Atlanta Hawks will probably not be matching that if it's about a $30 million per season contract. Well, for Boston, this is a very, very good win for them. As now, I think the foundation is set out on what they will be going and doing in free agency. You know, now that they don't have a point guard, I think it's pretty obvious who they're going to be offering a huge deal to. Of course, I believe Al Horford's on about $26 million. So again, you probably save 
like maybe six million dollars as I believe Kemba was on the full max I think he was on about 32 million so you probably save about six million um Fournier they'll bring back but you know there'll be a lot of players they'll be trading all of their young players um and going out and just signing veterans on a minimum it should save them a little bit of money I think what they're going to do is I think they're going to actually go and do a sign and trade to get Lonzo Ball now you know Lonzo Ball it's rumors he does not want to go and play for the Pelicans anymore I don't think his perfect fit would be the Chicago Bulls because, of course, Kobe White can play his more natural position, I think, off the bench, you know, being a six-man high-profile scorer. While they desperately need defense and playmaking, which I think Lonzo Ball can, of course, add. Uh, And then again, once all of that is, you know, pretty much done and all out of the way and whatnot, I think if the Chicago Bulls can't get him, then I think the Boston Celtics will be next up. And basically what they'll do is if he requests a trade, which he probably will, they will be offering, you know, some sort of deal. Of course, we do know that the uh, that the Pelicans are really going to be wanting to try and get rid of Steven Adams. So they're probably going to be in the market for a center. I think Tristan Thompson would actually be pretty nice for that team. Uh, I think he, I don't know, he wouldn't, I think he could, would be nice because he could play back up behind, you know, Jackson Hayes and maybe teach him some stuff. And he's on about an $8 million deal. So they'd probably offer like Tristan Thompson, Romeo Langford, and a first-round pick for, like, Lonzo Ball. Of course, the contracts probably wouldn't match up, but that's just an example. They'll, of course, try and find a way to do this. And let's just say they do offer Lonzo Ball up, you know, and then now they bring back Evan Fournier in free agency. You know, they get Lonzo Ball, bring back Fournier. Their team will be looking absolutely insane. Jabari Park, who actually impressed for them towards the end of the season, I think he'll be back as, like, a scorer off the bench. They could be looking at a starting five that looks like Alonzo Ball at point guard who won't take shots away from Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown. You have Evan Fournier at shooting guard, Jalen Brown at small forward, Jason Tatum at power forward with Al Horford, I think would start at center. And then off the bench, you would have Marcus Smart, Peyton Pritchard, uh, Robert Williams, rather, Grant Williams, and Jabari Parker. And whoever else they maybe go out and get in free agency, I'm sure they'll be looking to get quite a bit of veterans, so again, this could be a very, very good thing for the Boston Celtics and OKC, I seriously don't think I can find an actual loser in this, which is really, really cool, uh, in my opinion, not to see some, you know, a loser in this trade, I think both teams will actually go on to win this, and I'm extremely excited now to see how, of course, Kemba Walker will now go in this Oklahoma City Thunder uniform, and how, how, you know, Al Horford will go in returning to the Boston Celtics. How cool will all of this be? Anyone, thank you guys so much for listening and watching to this CHB podcast. This new episode, I really hoped you guys, you know, enjoyed it. Uh, if you guys are watching this on YouTube, definitely let me know your favorite part of it. Did you guys, you know, think some of these potentially mock trades were any good? Did you guys like my free agency predictions? What are your thoughts and opinions on the whole Kemba Walker trade situation, of course? I would definitely really like to know your thoughts and opinions down below. And if you guys are watching this elsewhere, thank you guys so much for joining in. And even on some YouTube as well, thank you guys so much for joining in and checking out this new episode of this CHB podcast. Again, if you're, you know, following me on, you know, some of the streaming platforms, make sure to follow, recommend the podcast, you know, uh, to your friends, your family. If you guys are watching this on YouTube, please share it around, you know, leave a like and subscribe to the channel. Again, comment your thoughts and opinions down below. But as I was saying, I really want to thank you guys so much for, you know, listening and watching. And I guess I'll see you guys next time. Goodbye.